0: Time now for the voice of the land on the big play network with your host, Kevin Arnold and always positive J.
1: Oh, it is so, so good to be back right here on the voice of the land of the big play network brought to you by vector technical. They'll get the right person in the right job. The first time, and of course, partnered with LPV productions. I am new dad, Kevin Arnold, and I am joined by always positive J. And of course our producer Extraordinaire behind that proverbial glass what jarvis was the iron man audio is the voice land he is peter tellup and we're going to jump right into our conversation tonight because we have our guest joining us from the top of the show this evening it is such an honor to welcome prominent sports broadcasting figure cleveland fan cleveland native and of course his broadcast cleveland browns games but other games as well to the program, he is the one and only Chris Rose. Chris, thank you so much for taking some time to join us here this evening.
2: Absolutely, and anytime we can chop it up about the hometown, I'm always uh, always happy to give uh, at least two and a half, three minutes to you. Right? Isn't that what we're on schedule for? Yeah, yeah, you know two and, and like... a half,
1: three minutes. That's we'll get Perfect. through like all Perfect. the all the teams in that. We're town. having them on that long? Oh man,
2: oh, I know. That's it. usually <laughs> people cut me off after about ninety seconds. They're like, God <laughs> Almighty, I can't take much more of this that's it i'm out kevin congratulations (laughs) on becoming a pop
1: that's awesome thank you so much yes he is actually sitting just about 100 feet away from where i am right now that's i'm doing the show from home hope to get back to the studio with the guys here soon but uh yeah he's little lincoln alexander he's he's over there and apparently my radio style voice calms him down so hopefully the next hour will be easy on my wife as we record the (laughs) record the show in the next
2: yeah, actually, I've heard this show before, so I'm sure he'll be sleeping
1: in the next <laughs> two
2: to three minutes.
1: Oh, my, no my wife survives. sleeps to it, too, so don't worry. I already I already Perfect. know all about that.
2: <laughs> well, I, I will tell you this. So, guys, you know, I've lived out in L.A. for the last 23 and a half years or so, um, but obviously a diehard Cleveland sports fan. Both of our sons were born here. I've got two boys that are 22 and 17, and so they bleed brown and orange and Calves and Guardians and everything. And for the longest time, I really thought, like, social services was going to knock on my door and take my kids away. <laughs> I thought that they were going to be like, this is just, this is borderline not healthy for them. You know, let them, they're living in Los Angeles. They could cheer for the Lakers. They could cheer for the Dodgers. You know, they might not have any pro football teams to cheer for, but they could cheer for USC. They could, ch- instead, you know, we had. Torture.
0: Guardians. <laughs> a lot yes. of torture
2: a lot of torture a lot of hey, torture lebron
0: got you off the hook you got to keep your kids man
2: sure as hell did i remember turning <laughs> brady at the time uh was 10 years old so he was 10 and a half and the minute we won i looked him in the face and i was like you are so lucky <laughs> so lucky you made it to, you know just past double digits and you've got one of these so it was pretty awesome
1: well and and how i mean I, we all know what it's like being born and raised here and being raised Cleveland fans in this actual area. How difficult was it to get your kids to buy into Cleveland sports still, you know, being out there and them being raised out there. It was funny. Cause
2: uh, my wife is from Los Angeles. doesn't come from a huge sporting background. Her dad was born in Paris. Um, so kind of when I joined the fray in the late nineties, they were like, what the, what's going on with this dude? Like it was during, we started dating, during the then indians run of 95 so for the first time in my life they were any good and that's when we started dating so you know here we are we're we're making the world series i'm like crying this is three weeks after we started dating she's looking at me like what the hell is the matter with this guy so we had a lot of talks um during the boys formative years like hey what if what if Josh or Brady said they want to be a Dodger fan. I was like, sure. I mean, we go to Dodger games. They want to be a fan. But, I mean, Cleveland stuff's always on the TV. And um, it has made them tougher, stronger. There are times where both of them will send me texts like, I'm done. I was <laughs> like, God, this is just so Cleveland of you guys. This is great. You officially made it.
0: And then um, like a theoretical first down, and then they're hooked right back. That's how we are. Yeah,
2: I mean, you're right exactly exactly so they understand it they get it they're passionate they love it they love their sports teams right after this we'll be watching another guardians white Sox game and you know trying to figure out the browns roster and you know what sort of moves the Cavs can make to get past the first round so it's it's what uh, is the emotional heartbeat of the rose family
1: and you guys actually you guys probably have more access to guardians games than Jay and I do here in town because it has been a nightmare trying to watch guardians games. I know that they're, I think they're transitioning over to Fubo TV, but uh, yeah, it's been, been a nightmare. trying to just watch, watch the team. I, I turn on Tom Hamilton all the time, which you can't go wrong with doing that, but it's no. still been a lot very difficult. The first two months of the season to watch some games here just in town. So it sounds like in LA you have more access than Cleveland does.
0: I think my future wife is enjoying it because I can listen to the game and still get chores done around the house. A lot more stuff is getting done when I can't watch the games.
2: Yeah, well, I have, um, I have tried to not watch lately. Some of the stuff, like I don't remember the last time I watched them win over the last week. We only won one game last week, you know, in our road trip between mm-hmm. Chicago and New York. So I was going to kind of test myself and say, you know what? I'm not going to watch today. I'm going to have some other stuff going on. Um, and then, like, I think within the last eight days, the two games we've won, I have not watched. So perhaps I won't watch the Guardians and the White
0: Sox. Now, you really are a Cleveland fan. <laughs> <You're definitely the laughs> <Yeah>. fan. <laughs> That's like we always say, like, if you're sitting in the seat, whatever seat you watch start the game, you have to right. finish it there. We are a superstitious group.
1: I mean, that's yep, what I did with are. the 20. That's what I did with the 2016 finals. I mean, once got to game five, I was I was at a wedding. I was in a friend's wedding for game four. And I'm sitting there in the bar watching that while everybody else is like celebrating. And I'm, I am go home dejected, not feeling good, down three one. So I just sit by myself upstairs in a, in, a, in a room and I was living in my aunt's house at the time and just watch the game we won. And I was like, all right, game six, let's do this again. And they win game six. And I'm like, game seven, I'm doing the exact same thing. Mom, you can't come in here. My aunt, you can't come in here. I got to watch this by myself. Got to do all that. And, and of course, we, we know the end of that story. But I feel like a lot of us here as Cleveland fans have stories like that. I mean, maybe we're not superstitious, but we're at least a little stitious here in Cleveland.
2: Yeah. Well, we will. Um. Unfortunately, a lot of that stuff hasn't worked.
3: So, no. like, when yeah, we say, true. oh,
2: well, I'll sit in the same chair. You might want to take that chair and just throw it out. <laughs> yeah, because it ain't working in some cases. But we're trying. We're trying hard.
1: We're trying. We're definitely trying. And we're going to get into some guardians here in a second. But be remiss if we didn't at least start conversations with the biggest news around around town. And and kind of it is the passing of Jim Brown, legendary running back of the Cleveland Browns, who did pass away late last week at the age of eighty-seven. Um, a lot of stories, people telling a lot of stories, the different generations of people that have seen him grew up were taught what Cleveland sports was, who Jim Brown was. And Chris, I know that you've worked with, with NFL networks. So you've kind of seen the NFL, not just from a local standpoint, but from a national standpoint, but your thoughts, I'm sure you've probably shared some of them already, but your thoughts kind of as, as a lot of people remembering Jim Brown, rightfully so over the past several days.
2: Yeah, so uh, my father passed away uh, 11 years ago, and obviously I miss him every day, but it's times like this where I really miss him, right? Um, My oldest brother, uh, who's in his 60s, went to the 1964 championship as a 7-year-old, and Jim Brown was his sports hero. Um, You know, my, my memories actually have to deal with interviewing Jim Brown. I had just gotten to CNN Sports Illustrated in 1996 at the age of 25. And uh, it it was just CNN Sports. They had a couple of half-hour shows a day, and then they became CNN Sports Illustrated, essentially the competitor of ESPN News. So it was now a 24-hour sports news network. And I was the youngest host there. And they were like, Jim Brown's coming in today. You get to interview him. I was like, nope, you know, age 25 (laughs) here. I get to interview Jim Brown. And I told him, hey, Brown, I'm from Cleveland. Uh, My dad was friends with Art Modell, the whole bit. I worked for the Browns for a little while. And uh, we had a nice interview. You know, hopefully I didn't wet myself too much. Uh, And then years later, he was the first ever guest on the Best Damn Sports Show period. I said, Mr. Brown, I actually had a chance to interview with CNN several years ago. I'm the kid from Cleveland. And so every time he came on the show, he'd always go, you're the Cleveland kid. Nice. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. That's so awesome. Now, he was far from a perfect person. He was flawed. uh, And there have been some tremendous articles written about him. Uh, My favorite, I think, is from my former colleague at NFL Network, Jim Trotter, who just signed on with The Athletic. If you have a subscription to that, please read it. I think it, it really kind of, you know, helps identify a lot of the feelings that a lot of us have, right? Because they are you always want to be able to root for your athletes. And, you know, this is a man who changed not only football, but society. And I don't think there are a lot of people that can say that. At the same time, there were several incidents, uh, some in which he was never charged, some in which he was, that are really tough to talk about at times like that but I think it is important that you talk about the entire person uh, when you're talking about about the life of somebody so um, you know did some tremendous things had some serious flaws and I don't think you'll get a lot of pushback that you can say was the greatest football player that ever lived I think that's that's kind of a little bit of where I sit
1: I was going to ask you that, like, where, where does he rank? Cause I know a lot of people now want to, you know, they want to put Brady in the conversation of greatest football player ever. Things like that, you know, a guy that's won many Super Bowls in in Tom Brady, but does Jim, I mean, the, I guess it it speaks.
2: I'm going to cut you off here. Yeah. I don't like ranking players. I never saw play a single down. I don't do it. I don't think it's fair. Like for somebody who says somebody who's in their twenties and they, they start telling me about Michael Jordan. I was like, timeout <laughs> you can go YouTube games and stuff like that but unless you lived through the moments your opinion doesn't carry any weight with me so if somebody's going to say well where do you rank Jim Brown of all time I can't I won't do it now some people will say he's the greatest football player of all time and that's great those are the people who were around to see him and now have seen Tom Brady Lawrence Taylor anybody else you want to throw in that group perfectly fine but i can't enter that conversation i could tell you the greatest football players i've seen but i'm not going to do it with jim brown it's not fair
0: i would say he's the greatest of his generation without being able to see it myself it's like the fairest way to put it maybe but yeah i mean like, yeah. maybe
2: it's it, it's possible but once again you're, we're we're going by what other people like, are
0: telling us more or less
2: but yeah but i don't i don't like to do that because yeah. then you're just going on based on what i mean it that sounds ridiculous. Like, so you're going based on what somebody else is exactly. telling you.
0: No, hey, I don't like also. I always didn't like like when they'll be like, who's the greatest? Is it Jim Brown, Barry Sanders? And then people will go, well, if you put Jim Brown on in this era, I'm like, well, he didn't play in that era. Everyone, It's different. You can't do right. that. It's not fair to him. It's not fair to the other guys. So I get what you're saying.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, it makes listen. It makes for fun conversation. I always think the stupidest conversation people have and television executives love it because people, for whatever reason, are entertained by a Jordan-LeBron conversation. Think of how stupid it is for just a second here. If if we all believe, and I saw every one of Michael Jordan's years, and I've watched every one of LeBron James's years, if one of them's one and one of them's two, who really gives a damn? Like if somebody, if the beginning of the day, you start a profession and you work, as hard as you can and somebody said god you are the second best i've ever seen do it i'd be like damn that's freaking awesome and then even if i thought i was the best i'd be like yeah great if you think i'm one awesome if you think i'm two terrific like i cannot believe that people like shoot holes see lebron look he can't do this he can't can't do what like why can't we just say this is great this is great too. Why does it always right. have to be an argument? I mean, why? 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 It drives me up a freaking wall.
1: See, at this point I don't even like that I was even starting the question because <laughs> you fit right in with what we what we do on this show, the way that we approach things. We we don't we actually don't like ranking players and trying to say like this this guy could be in this era, this player could do, could do this, this is the greatest of all time. This this team's better than that team of this era and that era, all of those, all of those things. It just, like you said, I love that I was taught the history of basketball by my dad and the history of sports by a lot of people, my family, and people taught me about Jim Brown. They taught me about Michael Jordan, all these great players. They showed me video of it, but I didn't actually get to see it live. So I, I can't say as much as someone that did in that conversation. So yeah, yeah. It's, Listen, it's, Every
2: you're entitled to an opinion. Absolutely. That, you're in t- and I tell my kids this, you know, when they're like, "Well, LeBron's got to be better than Jordan." I'm like, "You you're entitled to that opinion. I won't listen to it because you never saw Michael Jordan play." Like, if this is the conversation we're going to have, it just you have to experience certain things, and that's okay if you didn't experience it, but you know, like I said, watching old games on YouTube does not do it. It's the It was the day in day out of being able to watch people watch how they interacted, watch how they played games. It's just, it's different when you live through it.
1: Yeah. But to, to talking about Jim Brown though, getting back to him, I mean, talking about Mm -hmm. his greatness, whether we saw him or not, you kind of get a sense of how great he was though, Chris, I mean, you mentioned a guy like LeBron, how much respect LeBron always showed for him when he was in town or just in general, and and athletes, not just in in football in today's day and age, but in sports in today's day and age Mm -hmm. um, for the the positive impact that we had. We know he had his flaws. We've we've talked about that already, but I think it says a lot about who Jim Brown was from the positive standpoint, the impactful standpoint, that again, athletes of this generation still respect him to a higher regard, even if they're being put with that high regard of all time athletes.
2: Yeah. I mean, when you go to an event and there are certain people who walk into a room and the room just seemingly stops. And particularly when you're around people who do the same thing that he does.
0: You know,
1: when you When Tom Brady stops players,
0: to look at like, "Oh wow." That's yeah, when you know you're I mean, great. Right? Like, when Absolutely. greatness recognizes greatness. I think,
2: yeah, I think that that's that's the whole deal here is that you know, when Jim Brown would would go in somewhere I could only imagine what it was like shooting that, uh, that commercial a few years ago where they're celebrating the NFL and everybody's dressed and is at the tables of the one where Baker's sitting next to Tom Brady and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Those guys who had a chance to shoot a scene with Jim Brown, I could only imagine what it was like for them to be there on that day, right? Because they're, you know, th- that's what I hear from, from guys I've worked with who are Hall of Famers. Like their favorite day is when they walk into the room, and they are with the other Hall of Famers. I mean, that's going to happen to my buddy Joe Thomas in a couple of months. He'll go on the gold jacket night, the the day before they are inducted into the Hall of Fame, and they walk in, and it's like the greatest football team ever put together. And for the first time, it's not going to have Jim Brown there, and I think that will have, obviously, an impact.
0: When I think of him, I I actually think of a quote from the Sandlot, and it's when the babe comes back and he goes, you know, heroes – will be remembered but legends like never die like he is in the the breath of babe ruth jim brown just muhammad ali like you said he's just he's in a he's in a class of his own pretty much
2: yeah and that's with just the football sense like i said i mean everybody who has seen the obituaries and and may have known the the story a little bit more and it obviously resonates a little bit more out here in Los Angeles, but the fact he was able to get the Bloods and the Crips together in the same house to sit them down, I mean, how many people walking the earth could do that?
0: I and mean, I don't think he had like bodyguards or anything with him. He wasn't worried because he's Jim Brown. Like even those right. two, had, even though they hated each other and they were just deadly enemies, Jim Brown's in the room. they are like, all right, everyone held peace. You know, the man's here. Yeah. It's, it's he, like you said he's a showstopper he walks in and it's like a movie and everyone stops and looks and just in awe like wow it's jim brown i i wish i could have met him i never got to
2: yeah i mean listen i'm fortunate that I, that i had the chance to interview him a few times uh memorable um no question about it particularly for a kid from cleveland ohio
1: absolutely and you know there's there's a lot more that and a lot of people are still having conversations and it's still still relevant but we here at the Voice of the Land Big Play Network we also continue to send our prayers condolences to the brown family his his friends family everywhere the browns organization browns nation everywhere as well with the passing of the legendary the late great jim brown late last week We do need to catch a break, Chris. You got a few seconds to jump on the second segment. So we're going to talk a little guards with you on the other side. Talk a little baseball. All right. We will catch that break right now, and we'll be right back with Chris Rose to talk some Guardians baseball right here on the Voice of Land on the Big Play Network.
3: Whether you're looking to hire new talent or start a new career, Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that has helped thousands of job seekers advance in their career with reputable partners throughout Northeastern Ohio. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. With an above-average hire-in rate of one in four candidates, Vector works hard to connect the right person with the right opportunity the first time. Vector Technical hires for skilled manufacturing and light industrial work and is sure to have a career that you've been looking for. To learn more, visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com.
1: Welcome back to the Voice of the Land right here on the Big Play Network. Kevin Arnold, always positive. Jay Peter Tullip with you as always. And tonight we have the pleasure of being joined by Chris Rose. Again, prominent sports broadcaster. You've seen him everywhere. You've seen him on BattleBots, NFL Network, MLB Network, throughout his time, many other places and now, Chris, are you doing or able to announce or able to say anything about doing Browns games again in the preseason this year?
2: Well, yeah, I'm hopeful certainly to be doing it. I mean, I've got a really good relationship with the Browns. Uh, the fact that uh, hopefully they want me back is, is a good sign. I thought we had a really, really fun broadcast team last year. Um, part of that, based on the fact that I'd worked with Joe for several years had covered him before that, had worked with Aditi for the better part of a decade at NFL Network, uh, had been friendly with her as well. So it's not like you're shaking hands with somebody for the first time being like, hi, how are you? And where are you from? So we know you know, families, we know backstories, we know all that sort of stuff. So uh, I am hopeful to be returning this year. And I loved doing the games last year. It had been about a decade since i had called um, an NFL game Cause I've been in studio for most of that time on Sundays and very thankful that the Browns gave me an opportunity, you know, to live out a dream and getting a call your favorite team's games doesn't suck.
0: <laughs> yeah. We enjoyed it just a little yes, bit, but yes, thanks, man. I, <laughs> yeah. I was going to rank you out of all the top people that have called games, but I won't do that anymore.
2: <laughs> well, it depends. You had to have seen them. Or heard them in order to that's rank me. them, right? Oh, if it was all people yeah, kind of I heard. Agree with that theme.
0: I just—I'm not sure you would have liked no. where I ranked you. I don't know.
2: Oh, Pro, well, <laughs> you know, hey, at least if I'm 11th in the top 10, that's good enough for me. But here's the thing: I always say is that in this business, some people are going to say, "Oh, you do a great job," and some people are going to say, "Dude, you suck." I, I, I've done that for years too. I mean, when. I broadcast my first Browns game in 1984. I was 13 years old. We had an old VCR. People can look up what that is. My brother and I plugged the microphone in. We did the Browns-Chiefs game. I think we lost 10-6. to I think Paul McDonald got sacked like 11 times that day. Suriel Harris dropped what would have been a go-ahead touchdown in the second half. And uh, I I remember... um, just saying, God, these guys who are calling the games—they suck at it. And then years later, you you know you get paid to do it, and then you're the guy who sucks. So, it's it's perfectly fine, it's acceptable.
1: That's that's how it rolls. As I've been trying to get in this business, people that have been in it much longer than I have have told me sometimes you feel like you you're really getting yourself involved in the in, in the in the industry more when people don't like what you're doing, more so when they like what you're doing. So. Uh, you know, take that. I always take that with a grain of salt, but uh, you know, a lot of people believe in that when you get more of the negative comments, you're actually doing a much better job than you think. So um, now real quick, before we do touch on the guardians, just touch on the Browns, just real quick, your thoughts on perspectives for this season. We always have that hope here in Cleveland going in, we always see a great off season, but how can it actually translate to on field success? What is going to be that key this year for this Browns team?
2: It's simple. I mean, if Deshaun Watson doesn't return to form, then then, then they don't have a, a great shot. Um, I've never ever seen a conference like the AFC is this year. I just cannot believe how deep it is. You could make an argument for seven or eight teams that if they get if they stay healthy and their quarterback plays well, that could legitimately, legitimately be playing in the Super Bowl. and i don't think it's a stretch right you could see kansas city and buffalo you could see the bengals i believe that the ravens are one of those teams i also believe that the browns if things break right for them uh can be in there some people really like jacksonville i'm a little they're definitely pointing in the right direction i think they're kind of on the outside i think the chargers are really close there um but that's a lot of teams, right? I didn't even include Miami who was playing really well before the the Tua stuff kind of went sideways with them. So that's the thing is that the Browns could have a really good team and a solid season and not make the playoffs. And I know that's not acceptable based on kind of where they've been the last few years it would feel like a, you know, a bit of a regression, but there's a lot of talent. And so I just think that Things are so razor thin as far as the margins go. In you know, the year we made the playoffs in one score games, we did great. Then in one score games the last couple of years, it hadn't been great. And that's the difference. You're talking about a couple plays a game. So hopefully uh, Jim Schwartz will make a huge difference on defense. Uh, I do like what they've done with the defensive line, which I thought was the the sorest spot on the team last year
1: well from one team that has had success and not success in close games to a team kind of going through the same thing right now the guardians chris i mean is there a way for this team to turn it on when is it when is it too early to say a team can't turn the season around like when is it when should those conversations actually be legitimate because it just seems like every single time this team has one of those games one of those wins that we saw last year, like that game in Chicago with Josh Naylor that, you know, people go back to for a turning point in that season. Every time we feel like we've had that game, you know, then they lose five of six games on the road. What what can this team really do? Or is it just a matter of, of guys just performing on the on the diamond?
2: Well, there aren't a lot of guys who have a track record on this team. Let's be honest, right? Outside of Jose, um, you know, Ahmed Rosario has hit well at times throughout, you know, his tenure in New York. And then last year, I thought he did a, a really solid job. But there aren't a ton of guys who have track records on this team offensively. So to say, well, they're having down years. No, because they haven't had enough time in the show to say that they're having down years. Uh, Josh Bell has been a very good player on some bad teams and a so-so player on some good teams. So we're trying to figure out kind of where he fits in this equation. Uh, what I would say is this, is that uh, if it were me, I would really look into trading Shane Bieber midseason. That was going to be I my next question. Well, there are going to be, well, be a, a couple of teams that really need some front-end pitching. And if they feel like he can be a guy that can make a huge difference come playoff time, and I feel like he can, even without major velocity, he knows how to get guys out and good teams out, that they could get something substantial for him because he's got a year and a half left on his deal, you know, as far as control goes. And the one thing the Guardians have is a lot of young pitching. And I know people will be like, really? What are we doing here? We're trying to win this year. But, yeah, we're lacking some other stuff. As good as our farm system is, who's that next big, like, middle-of-the-order presence that you need right now? We don't have it. I mean, do- it doesn't feel like we've got that in the system. I don't think we've um, had a
0: power-hitting I, outfielder since Manny Ramirez.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that we we are very, very good at trading for other teams' talent. I, I, I would say that, uh, Tampa and Cleveland are the two teams that do it better than anybody out there. But for whatever reason, we've just been a little shy of the power department. And what it means is that your your margin of error is, is thin, right? You have to string together four hits to score multiple runs instead of walk, base hit, put one over the fence. So that's that, that's kind of where I stand with that.
1: Now, do you think that they should still consider trading Shane Bieber? At that time, if they somehow, you know, they're back in contention where we thought this team should be at that at that deadline and think that they can still carry it from there. Or is that they continue on the trend they're on right now and consider doing that at the deadline at that point?
2: I think um, it's all dependent on the health of Tristan McKenzie. I think that's what I would say. I've been really impressed with Logan Allen and Tanner Bybee. I thought they have been great. Um, I haven't watched, and I've just seen highlights of Gavin Williams. He certainly looks the part, and uh, if he can control his wildness a little bit more, he's going to really play well at this level. Uh, you know, if Savali comes back. That's certainly helpful. Um, so I, you know, I think that you could trade Bieber and still not throw the season away. That's what I think. I. I It doesn't mean if you trade Shane Bieber that you're going, all right, I'll see you in 2024. I don't think that's accurate. What I think is you're retooling. You would presumably want to get some major league talent back, whether that's a uh, back-end starter and then some studs in the minor league that are right on the cusp of helping you out. I still think that you could end up winning this division.
0: You're killing me, Chris. Every time I got a question to ask you, you bring it up right before I ask you. (laughs) I was about to ask you, I think they could be, Sellers and buyers in the same way, and get a power hitting prospect oh. that's ready to be called up. And like you said, and I'm like, all right, he's he's taking all my questions here. You're you're killing me, Smalls.
2: That's okay. That's uh, that's either really, really good news for you or terrible news for me. Yeah, right, that we're
4: thinking <laughs> a lot <of>. Oh God, <laughs> it's probably bad we're, for we're, you.
0: We're, <laughs>
1: come on jay <laughs> you know you've really taken us down a direction where there's been multiple times chris could have just said leave meeting right <laughs> right away I, I think chris
0: has got oh, a good man, sense guy, of humor man, with us, man i like him it's good
1: <laughs> um i guess my only thing with the with the trade there is like my concern is what what do they get back i mean of course you're not going to trade shane Bieber just for just to trade him but I've always thought that the one if there's one struggle that they've had, I mean, the Guardians have been able to develop pitching. They've been able to have guys that were the guy to be named later in a trade and have uh, really pieced those guys together. I mean, I believe Michael Brantley is one of those Mm -hmm. examples in a trade, but it's that major league when you're still kind of in contention, you still have a, a window and you're trying to add. Other pieces you're missing when you have a plethora of the other side. They have a plethora of pitching. You don't have power. They haven't found that major league-level talent to come in and help them somewhat immediately.
2: Yeah, but like I said, they're great. they're one of the best teams at identifying other teams' talent. So why wouldn't you? The one thing they haven't done well is draft and develop a guy that's got thump in the middle of their lineup. So why wouldn't you go find him? I mean, for goodness sakes, we gave away a guy in a trade. Andy Diaz is right now a top five AL MVP candidate.
0: Oh, that one. Hurts. You know, unless
2: he goes really south, he's gonna be playing in Seattle at the All-Star Game in July. So yeah. um, you know, we, we have to be able to to do that and pull the be willing to pull the trigger. Sometimes you gotta be really bold. And Shane Bieber's an awesome pitcher. I it's not like I'm sitting here saying, Yep, we gotta get rid of Shane Bieber. That's not no. what I'm saying. I think we're just too far past the extension point where what do you want to get you? You want to go get a compensatory pick for him? That doesn't sound right.
1: And we listen to bank a, on a, go ahead. You can't bank on a Jose Ramirez level contract. I mean, he's still got, he still got paid, but everybody considers that a team friendly deal. That's we don't see that very often here in Cleveland. It's not like that's a trend. So um, like you said, Chris, I mean, Kind of past the point of contract extension. Maybe something gets done. I mean, you never you never say never to things. We've seen wilder things happen yeah, in, in the world of sports. Gonna, but he's not going he's not, to. No. no.
0: We listen,
2: we listen to Andre not an extension right now. And listen, we've had now back to back years where we've given out nine figure deals. Mm-hmm. And before that, the biggest contract the Guardians ever gave out was to Edwin Encarnacion, and that was a guaranteed sixty five mil. The long yep. way from sixty five to one forty. Or whatever yes and, um, so let's just be smart about this and deal with the reality I mean do you want to just kind of keep going along with this team the way it is because even if you are fortunate enough to win the division are they going to be better than Houston Tampa New York Baltimore I mean maybe Baltimore because uh, unless they add to their pitching staff Toronto Seattle, The Angels, like there's a lot of teams that could hold us to two runs in the playoffs. So I don't think that the makeup of this current squad is good enough to take us on a ride. You know, we got fortunate last year. We really did. it, And we had some amazing magic. It really was unreal. Um, But the, the, the goal is to get past the Yankees in the divisional round. It's to get past the Astros in the ALCS. It's not just to make the playoffs and they know that too
1: they do and that's that's always I mean that should always be the mindset if you're a mid-market team, small market team like the Guardians are when you have that chance you gotta you gotta take those bold risks like you mentioned Chris mm-hmm. well. Love to keep talking to you. I mean, this has been a, a thrill, an absolute thrill. I mean, I know my wife wanted to probably do this interview more than I did. She <laughs> showed me a picture yeah. of when you were you know. talking inside of progressive field. And, you know, she called her mom. So she's got like this picture of that her mom took of the TV when she's right behind you guys and stuff. But uh, so I I guess I would be remiss if I didn't for my wife say uh, she says hi as well. Jana says hi. But well, where uh, is
2: she? What, she's get, hopefully she's... she's getting a nap.
1: She's well. She, I, she's probably trying to get a nap because our son's getting a nap right now, and she's. Yeah. She's you know, I'm working from home right now, so she's kind of has to. You would do a appreciate bit more this, work Chris. During the day,
0: those two got are the first people to be married at League Park. He was. They were yes. literally married on the field.
1: Yes. Yep. Got married at, at home League plate. Park at <laughs> League Park.
0: Yep. Like one year ago, right? Yep. Was it? Yep. The- yep.
1: 1 year ago Sunday as of yeah. Sunday so May 21st there you go. Yeah. you
2: got a lot of stuff going on in your life. I mean,
1: new yeah, baby, I mean,
2: one year anniversary. Anything else you want to tell me? Are you buying a new I, house? Uh, we we actually bought a new car? house a month and a half ago, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm done with this. this, is, this is I can't handle this much change in one person's life here. Now.
1: Hey, you can't handle it. You can't <laughs> handle it. <It's> you just <laughs> it's met him and now it feels it. like he's known you forever. The
2: next time I'm on the show, you're, you know, you're going to tell me that I, did, I changed the spelling of my first name from K-E-V-A-N to K-E-V-I-N. Like, yeah, I changed not it back to the normal.
1: yeah or maybe i'll go like i'll find some other way to spell it i don't i don't know but (laughs) hey i blame my parents for the spelling of my name that's that's the only thing i can do with that but chris (laughs) thank you so much for taking some time to join us here it was was a blast an absolute blast an absolute pleasure uh that is chris rose thank you so much to him for joining us jay and i'll be right back after these short messages if you need some voice land gear well, this break will tell you just where to get it. This is The Voice of Land on the Big Play Network.
3: Are you struggling to hire the right talent or maybe even find the right career? Vector Technical makes it easy. Since 1992, Vector has provided Ohio employers with a reliable process for hiring and have helped thousands of job seekers advance in their careers. Vector Technical is more than just a temp agency. We invest time to get to know each client and candidate personally. Vector places people in job opportunities that they are truly excited about. Interested in learning more? Visit our website at www.vectortechnicalinc.com to see a full list of our current job opportunities and to find out what Vector Technical can offer you.
4: Get your gear at voiceoftheland.com forward slash shop
1: one. Welcome back to the voice land here on the big play network. And boy, what a great time it was talking with Chris Rose. If you missed it, go back. YouTube channel at voice land podcast, Google, Spotify, and Apple. The, just the audio version of it. If you somehow tuning in on a recorded live version of this show, um, As I'm being zoomed in on uh, on on Zoom, I see my shoulder messing me up. I don't know why I was like, what is going on here? I don't know why you're (laughs) looking at that. Again, a professional wouldn't get distracted. Usually I'm professional, but this show is not. Well, I guess we try to be professional, but in ways we don't. Yeah, we don't hold anything back and we always get off topic, so it doesn't really matter. It went,
4: it went off the rails a little bit there. I'm trying to I'm trying to get you uh, squared away on the It's all, it's all tour, right. But... I don't
1: People tell me I got a voice for radios or a face for radio. So, you know what, we don't need to really see my face anyways. Um but again, an absolute pre- pleasure talking with Chris Rose. Um we probably could have done a whole hour on mm-hmm. baseball. That's how much knowledge he has of that. We could have done a whole hour on football. We could have done a whole hour. Didn't on didn't get to talk on,
0: about battle bots. Oh man. Next, next time. time. Next time. Th-
1: next. Make sure, you know, make sure when you send, cause you know, you're our resident guest booker. I need to be a little bit better at that, but you are a resident guest booker and you do a tremendous job at that. J.I. moving to Wednesday has tip- been so nice.
0: <laughs> oh my God. You have no idea how much easier it is of you not being on Sundays. I was like, it's like well, we, I felt like a, I got a whole new playbook opened up to me. I'm like, oh yeah, I got to go back to all these people that told me they can't do Sundays.
1: Yes. Yeah. Now, if anybody was putting comments because you you saw we were we had Chris Rose on and you thought, oh, why didn't they ask my question or or tell him something from whatever Kevin I put in want the to comments? Like this your questions,
0: is that's why. W-
1: we're recording on Tuesday and playing this on Wednesday. So, you know, sometimes we still have to adjust, but it's a little bit easier to adjust in the week instead of on on the weekend, like you said, Jay. But I can't tip my cap enough to you for getting him. When you do send our thank you message out to him, make sure uh, you know, you mention, uh, always welcome to come back on. If he's, if he's willing, you know, someone we'd love to have back on the show at some point. we got to get some, like, recurring guests so we can have friends of the show. we got a few friends now we have we've we have a few friends i i guess the rule is you got to have someone on your show twice to be mm-hmm. call them a friend of the show so um, we got to start developing some friends of the show well but they'll all be coming we'll back we'll get so. there
0: like i said it's going to be a lot easier we'll have a lot more guests now that we're on wednesday especially yes. during brown season i can actually get you know people to come on and it'll be nice
1: yes now we of course with chris we talked about um, you know, we talked about the Guardians, we talked about Jim Brown, and you know, we haven't had a chance to talk about this yet since uh, since the news broke on Friday. I believe he passed away on Thursday, Thursday night um, is is what people are saying. But uh, he the news broke midday three o'clock around, uh, I think, on Friday. And, you know, the whole world uh, in the, the city of Cleveland, at least the sports world of Cleveland stopped because this is an absolute legend and and a guy that yeah I mean a lot of people in Cleveland whether you're whether you saw him play or you didn't have been have known to be one of the greatest of all time now ranking wise I totally understand what Chris is saying I I actually appreciated that comment that he made that if you haven't seen him why rank him that's I feel like we kind of follow that without actually saying those kind of words. He kind of put it in in perspective, uh, much better than we could on this show. Uh, I'm as good as of words as anybody, but so there when are you people, were off, I totally people.
0: did a top five of all the teams. <laughs> 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 it wasn't rank; it was different though. We were saying our favorite, personal favorite top five players of each yeah. team I'm from Cleveland, so it wasn't saying who's better. Or but like anyway, like that, it was just who you liked right. watching, so I guess we still fit his role because it was who we liked to watch,
1: yeah, jay, I mean, jim Brown a a flawed yes, and I think it's it's important to talk about those things. I mean, the I
0: wanted uh, to on domestic that.
1: violence allegations and and things like that, those those things that um you know are still they all make up who Jim Brown was. I mean, you can't just neglect part of the story and, and that's what we've kind of done with Deshaun Watson too. We 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 will talk just the strict football standpoint and how good of a player he is or should be and, and can be. And if this team goes anywhere this year, it's going to be because Deshaun Watson gets back to back to form as a great football player. But we on this show try to make sure that the whole story is told. So, It's just, it's also difficult in these instances when someone passes away to, you know, a lot of people are talking about, well, we shouldn't be talking about the good stuff Jim Brown did because he did this. Well, no, yes, yes, you should, you should be talking about his story and, and, and and still celebrating his life and, and accomplishments that he had. You can still do that when, at the same time, having those difficult conversations, like, you know what? This is a guy that's been considered legendary. People stop when he walks in a room. You know, Everybody just gets starstruck, whether they're a big star themselves or not. And yet they still have their flaws. well and I, and I think I, that's important to the human element.
4: I appreciate the fact that, that Chris brought that up because, you know, obviously you don't want to speak ill of the dead. No. I mean, and in Jim Brown, there were a lot of great things that he did and when he when I did see that he passed you know everything I saw online was just praising and praising I'm like wait a minute he he had some issues and I don't and I think it does all of us a disservice to think that anyone is is perfect because we're all human we all have flaws I mean there's there's all things that we've done in our lives that you know we should look back and regret, you know, some obviously worse than others, but I, I think we really we get into this uh this mentality of putting athletes and celebrities on a pedestal and we we shouldn't gloss over the faults and the issues, but we should recognize that hey, they're they're human and they're a lot more like us than we than we probably think. And I think a lot of people try to like emulate the, the perfection the false perfection that they see and, you know, don't take into account that you know, everyone is human and, and you know so I really do appreciate the, the I think it's saying, you know, he was flawed you know, he did great things but he had flaws, I think that was a great way to put it, with, without you know, piling on mm-hmm. negativity
0: Like I, I was thinking about this and it's your mistakes don't defy who you are as a human being Is it if you make a mistake, is it going to go on your like so called life file and everyone's going to know about it? Yes, but it doesn't defy who you are, it's how you learn from mistakes and what you do after those mistakes that defies who you are. So, yeah, with Jim Brown, he did so much more good after his mistakes, and it does it wash it away? No, it's always there, it's a stain that's going to stay there forever. But you saw, like, okay, this guy recognized he was doing wrong. He righted himself and did far more good than he did bad. Like, his good definitely outweighs his bad. His, I don't know how many accounts of whatever happened, but he saved yeah. thousands of lives when he, with what he's done throughout his life.
1: Right. It's, it's important to acknowledge and, you know, um, not, not hide part of the story. But to talk ill of the dead, I mean, people that just want to talk about the negative side, and then, you know, making all these public comments like that, whether it's, you know, just a random person on Twitter, or, or whoever it may be, there's a there's a family grieving right now. And a, most of us, if not all of us know what that's what that's like to go through, and everybody goes through grief differently. And, and to just focus on that and try to trash a person because of it that's not the right way to do it what we what we're doing here is just saying we're acknowledging those things and like you said jay i mean a guy that that righted himself took advantage of a second chance a second opportunity second chances are that's that's what that's what human nature is we should give people second chances it's the people that take advantage of the second chance in a negative way where then they have to you know they're looking for a third chance and a fourth chance and a fifth chance, like all these chances, but they don't actually change. That's it's, not, that's not Jim Brown. And, you know, I hope Deshaun
0: that, Watson's taking a lesson from this. Like, I, okay, look, this I hope, dude's a legend. He made big mistakes. I've made big mistakes. Let me do more right than I did wrong.
1: And, and you hear a lot of like former Browns players, and even current Browns players that, got a chance to interact with him because he would be around the team so often. And I know that uh, I heard a story that was it last year that the Browns did mini camp a day at uh, the hall of fame stadium. I think they did a day of mini camp down there. One of the days when Captain this he's been the coach and on the bus ride down, they watched a football life, the Jim Brown story. And, you know, each new generation of Browns players should know Jim Brown. I mean, just in general, if you're a sports fan, you should know who Jim Brown is. It's just going to be, you know, the way he is talked about and the way he is taught to newer and newer generations is a little different now. Unfortunately, that he is no longer with us. But, you know, it's a guy that played nine seasons, went out probably in his prime still and went off and did movies and did a lot of philanthropic work as well. And, yeah, had his flaws, but. You know, again, I go back to what I said to Chris Jay. I, the fact that a guy like LeBron—and and there's other athletes—he's not the only example, but he's the best example I can give right now, who is put on that pedestal that Peter just said. And I know LeBron's got his flaws. Like we haven't heard many many of them, but I'm sure there's there's plenty of flaws for <laughs> him. What?
0: Peter has his flaws. You have your flaws. I'm the only one that does not have flaws. No, I'm all joking. Right. But, just- yes, I have more than probably all of you guys. But
1: I need. I need to hit leave meeting right now. Babe. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I, I'm, you
0: know, I'm feeling a little feisty today. But yeah, well, one of the coolest um, pictures is the one where LeBron, you know, and he's bows to uh, Jim I, Brown. Yes. The lady in the dress yes. behind him, the kid behind him. That's my boss and her son. Every time oh, wow. I see it, I'm like, man, they're so lucky. And I'm like, did you talk to him at all? And they're like, I was afraid to. <laughs> I was like, what? Are you? What? I was so mad. I'm like, oh.
1: He was- I've heard a lot of stories like that, too, like people being afraid, like even, you know, you know, you heard it from Chris. I mean, he was he was nervous to talk to him. Um, uh, a guy like Bruce Drennan, who's been a, a voice in this town for for a long time, was nervous to talk to him. He started talking about movies and they're, you know, they're hitting it off. Like You know, I've heard stories like that. So if you got I've heard if you got Jim talking and he would. He would tell it like it is. I wonder how I would
0: react to Jim Brown and him being walking in the room with me. I mean, you guys should know by now, like I'll go up to anybody and talk to him. That's why, how I get most of our guests. It's just, I don't care. I'll just go up to anybody. He probably would be one of the few people. I'd be like, Mr. Brown, (laughs) (laughs) totally taken out of my element.
1: And not to dwell on him too much because it's taken away from, from the real story here. But I would be that way with, with LeBron. And I feel like, if there's any comparison, we don't like comparisons here either, but like LeBron is of this era is our Jim Brown. Like yeah. that guy that's like that ultimate. And it says a lot pictures like him bowing and that the reverence that LeBron showed to Jim Brown, that passing of the trophy from Jim Brown to LeBron and how much he respected him. The Instagram post, like LeBron took about an hour to put that together Um, everything that he said, I don't have it in front of me to read it, but if you go to Instagram, follow King James, or just look up King James and it'll be right there. Very profound words. A guy like that, that we put on that high pedestal in a different sport than Jim Brown played to give him that kind of reverence. And it's not just coming from sports. LeBron's not doing it just from sports. The social activism, uh, civil, civil rights activism that Jim Brown did we have to mention it all, but he has he holds that highest standard in people that are held to high regard, and that says a lot about Jim Brown, the person and the player that he was.
0: Totally, one hundred percent, Kevin.
1: Uh, knew you were going to say, couldn't say it any better myself. Yeah, I was um, like, no, no <laughs> man, he's doing it again.
0: He's taking my. He's words. doing it again. He's, he's, he's doing my- it again. You got it. Chris, man. Holy moly! Every time I'm like, all right, I got a good question. He's like, and then he's like. We should trade trade Shane Beaver. I'm like, damn it! <laughs> I was like, and then he made all the points I wanted to make on it. I'm like, damn it! I was like, oh, that was fun.
1: There, there's a reason why Chris Rose has yeah. been in this business for so such a long time and had so much success. He's so good.
0: He knew the questions before they were even asked.
1: That's right. If you if I ever get halfway to that point, I will be I will be a happy man. Well, I'll be happy if I get like halfway wanna... to your point. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we do have one final segment to go. Try to wrap this up in an hour. This is the voice of land on the Big Play Network.
3: Are you looking for a career in manufacturing? Vector Technical has you covered. Vector Technical is a 28-year-old staffing firm that is partnered with some of the biggest and the best companies throughout Northeastern Ohio. The recruiters at Vector Technical will coach you through the entire job process and will help you land an opportunity that you are truly excited about. Vector does not add any additional fees and offers benefits as well as free online skills training through Penn Foster. To learn more, visit www.vectortechnicalinc.com and make sure to check out our job board to see a full list of our current opportunities and apply.
1: Welcome back one final time on this Wednesday evening, even though we're pre-recording on a Tuesday. This is the Voice of the Big Play Network. I'm Kevin Arnold. He is always positive. J in studio alongside Peter Tellup, our producer extraordinaire. So, Kevin, and Kevin I, I Kevin. got to
4: ask you this. You're, you're, yes. The blue background looks very
1: calming. Yes. Are you in the baby's room? I'm not in the baby's room. <laughs> I am in our little dining area, and this is like a blue curtain behind me, but oh, I, I also like use the blur function on here. I'm, just,
4: right. I'm just impressed with that calming color that you haven't fallen asleep yet. Cause I can only assume that you're not getting very much sleep.
1: Well, when I'm in podcast or radio mode, uh, the energy is I'm faking it guys. <laughs> I am, Fake it till you make it. I, I don't took know. a, I took a, I made sure to hold off on my shower until like just before we came on. So that, like my face didn't look like I was absolutely, I wasn't, I actually was thinking of like not even mentioning being a, being a new dad to, to Chris, like, you know, telling my life story to someone that probably doesn't doesn't really care i don't i don't know but i was like i don't want people to know that i'm absolutely exhausted and uh you know there oh there it is
0: lincoln made his official first sound on the voice of the land i
4: heard
1: it yep lincoln's right over there you can bring him on over
4: you're you're gonna you're gonna discover how little sleep you can. Little work
1: baby at. Lincoln, oh, there he is, Lincoln Alexander, and my he, great wife Jana.
0: They have much better faces for uh, <laughs> TV than you.
4: Yes, yes, I am
1: well aware. I am definitely well aware. That's why I brought them brought them in and made sure that they I was blurred out and they were not.
0: Well, you could tell uh, Jana that Chris Rose wanted to say hi to her. Yeah. He wanted to talk. I to I don't her.
1: know if I should say that to her but maybe next
0: there's, there's always next time though
1: yeah there's always next time um, so
0: i wanted I, to ask you
1: i thought you she get was to... sleeping and chris rose may have wanted to say hi to you oh well you know i was trying to let you sleep i was trying to be a good husband
0: okay
4: thank so
1: you. thank you
0: <laughs> you got all this advice from everybody like you got to know this yeah. do this blah blah what is the one thing you're like you had you guys is there anything that you're like didn't see coming that you're like wow this or it's bigger or tougher than i thought or easier what's the one surprise you've had i
1: guess i'd ask um this whole process has been a surprise because everything we planned for has not gone our way um you know we we, we have uh and he he might scream in a second so people get screaming in their ears you know it's just my just my son being changed on the other side but i'm not going to i don't want to go into too much detail because i feel like it would put a bad light on the hospital system the the medical system we went through and we have such great medical systems here i don't really want to do that to them or make it sound like that um but you guys know that we were the whole process started sunday april 30th and like we were being induced into labor because lincoln was just so it had already grown so much <laughs> that we couldn't go to the 40-week mark that you usually do so we couldn't we couldn't wait labor to happen we had to janna had to go and be induced
0: which i found out the other day on my birthday that uh i was actually born on my exact due date and my mom's like i guess that's super rare for that to actually happen
1: i feel like it yeah
0: i i'm like I've i'm found never, that it's I'm more never rare. late i'm always on time
1: yeah, you were definitely more on time to the show than I was, and all I had to do was open a computer. You had to drive to the studio
0: today. You, you should have heard the story I was telling about avoiding traffic and feeling like a James Bond driver just today. But yeah, I don't want to say that because I might have broke a few laws.
1: Oh well. Yeah, don't put yourself in in that kind of that kind of case, Lincoln. I'll be right there. I'll be right. I'll be off the show in a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was. It was a long, arduous process for, for Jana, and we made it, you know, skip ahead 30-plus hours of labor process that they put her through. All the stuff that happened in between, we won't go through all that. But, you know, the one thing that we said we didn't want was a C-section unless it was medical, medically necessary to have the C-section birth. And, you know, he just, he wasn't progressing. Lincoln was not progressing. His head was kind of stuck. He was comfy uh, man. Came... he was like
0: I like it here. I don't want to go. It's warm and cozy. And That's why they come mm-hmm. out screaming They're
1: like I loved it in there. <laughs> came out kind of like a cone head a little bit. Like part of the back of his head was kind of like stretched out a little bit cuz it was just it, it was just stuck. He wouldn't uh you know, he wouldn't come out, but uh you know, it's it's it is truly a, a blessing to have him. I mean, he is going through some reflux and having difficulty sleeping, so you know, we were told totally we wouldn't sleep, but I think we're maybe sleeping less than people probably expected us to. Uh, but it's it's more so we're just concerned about him. We want to be able to help him. And, and the most difficult thing is when when they are crying and you don't know exactly how to help them. You've tried everything.
0: Um, oh, I understand you know. that because, as you know, we babysit our niece and she is uh, autistic. So she would have, like, fits and, like, freaking out, and she didn't talk. She was very uh, – she just didn't communicate very well at all. And, yeah, that is just the worst feeling when they're, you see a kid crying, and you're like, I don't know what to do. Why? How do you make it stop? And it's just, like, heartbreaking almost. And especially yeah. when you have your first kid, man, I can't even imagine. By the third one, you're going to be using it as a soccer ball, Kevin.
1: I, yeah, I their
4: siblings will be. <laughs>
1: Talk about, like, legal troubles. Let's not let's <laughs> not, not infer things like that. Okay. Kevin, give me the baby. I, Here, go deep. I hope one of them, you know, one of our kids ends up kicking a soccer ball for, you know, longer stretches of their life, but um, also not something I'm going to force on them. Uh, but well, I do like hope you they said, kick a soccer
0: hey, ball. I, have, I bet money the kid picks up the love for soccer, just like you have. Fathers just have that kind of impact on their, especially boys' lives. Like Chris said, it's like he lives all the way in L.A. and has all those great teams out there. Mm-hmm. Who's his kids rooting for? All Cleveland teams, and they go right to the torture with all of us. The, the good thing is when they're soccer, playing soccer, they won't be tortured like Cleveland fans. They're going to be really good because they got you as the coach or at least teaching them.
1: Yeah, because I I always told my players when I was coaching, do as I say, not as I do, because I couldn't. I know exactly how to do things but I couldn't actually execute it myself. I don't, and I probably didn't put in as enough work on it in my time. So I feel like, but I think that also helps give like a better background when you try to then pass it on to that next generation. If you are a coach, you know, your struggles help. I mean, look at, look at the NFL and some of the analysts that like ESPN has, you got a guy like Dan Orlovsky. I'm not saying anything bad against Dan Orlovsky, but was he a great football player? No. But is he able to break down the game like nobody else? Yeah, because he's seen those who he, can't he, play coach. Yeah, and I am more than happy to take that. on. I mean, I know that there was people that say like, you know, in teaching it, those who can't teach, teach phys ed. <laughs> hey, it's it all matters. It's all. So one more You question. can have an impact on a younger generation. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> What
0: was the feeling like when you first saw your son? Have you ever had more of a rush of just immediate love for little human being ever? Is it just like an indescribable feeling?
1: It started like that and then immediately went to Ricky Bobby of Talladega, you know, the Ricky Bobby saga from Talladega Nights. <laughs> I don't know what uh, to do with the my early hands. Part, yes, because since it was a C-section, I was the one that was given Lincoln first. Like I was the first one to hold. And usually they'll, they'll give it to the mother to kind of do the, they talk about the skin to skin Mm -hmm. to build that connection. They need to be kind of on their chest for about an hour or two hours in a typical delivery, but in a C-section, you know, it's a surgery. So you got to wait until everything, all that's taken care of. So I was the first one to hold them. I've never held a baby. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands. (laughs) So don't,
0: Overloving. oh my god i've loved this thing more than anything in the world like i don't want to break it i don't want to break it i don't want to break it yes. i don't want to break it yes that, that i was like end. i have a fear of holding babies brand new borns like i won't do it so i feel for you man like anytime someone has a baby they're like oh do you want to hold it i'm like you keep that thing away <laughs> from me i don't i'm i'm clumsy man i don't want to break it or f- drop it the baby or something and feel like the worst person the whole my whole life like no nah, just you just hold your own babies and that's
1: one i know that that's one thing that you know Jana wasn't so happy with with, about me because i was that way with her little cousins like i i was like so nervous to i'd never held babies or even like little like toddlers before and you know we go visit her family she's got a big family there's cousins stretching you know as far as the eye can see we look at our wedding pictures her family with us versus my family with us is a drastic drastic difference but like i was i was that person i was like you jay like i wouldn't I wouldn't do it now that I've, you know, held my own. I would feel more comfortable doing it. But I mean, every single time I hold them, I still, you know, like it's attention to detail. Like they're so gentle.
0: Like it's like they're pretty they're resilient, fra- though. They feel so fragile yes. to me. It scares me. <laughs> it's
1: Trust me. Trust me. Every time I hold them, it feels so fragile. I'm this telling thing you, weighs oh. like
0: an eighth of what I weigh, and it scares me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yes, that's exactly what I go through. But again, it is. It is a true blessing to um, enter parenthood and, you know, have our first first child. Um, but, you know, I know we we definitely want multiple children, so um, first of, of, of a few. But it's, you know, you always, that first for anything is always, always really special. And, um, you know, he's three weeks and a day old, well, almost a day old. Born at 9:33 on May 1st, 2023, at, at night. So, um, I give Jana all the all the credit in the world uh, for what she had to go through and that and that process. And so do we. Um, you know, I mean, I I would never be someone to take more credit than what I deserve. I don't really give myself credit anyways, but I give credit where it's due and, and more more than I can even express. Well, it's just good to, to have me, you guys to her. have
0: you back, Kevin. It's good to be back in studio. Of you didn't like you're in hosting studio. The show? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> mind hosting the show. It's just we had a cancellation the one week, and it's just I didn't want to do a whole show by myself. You could do that, you could talk forever. I'm I'd more add on yeah. kind of guy.
1: Yeah, but I think that we should do a show where you lead it and I'm it. in your spot. I'm fine. I think Next time when do we one.
0: don't have our first national guy on, we're not going to do that, though. Okay. Then I was... All right.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was the best way to just throw you in the water. You know. I was like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> sink sink or swim, buddy. Sink or swim. <laughs> oh,
0: <man>. Thanks. It's kind of how this worked with the first show I ever did with you. was like, yes. oh, we're going to talk sports. Oh, no, I guess we're going to talk Cleveland riots. I'm like, what? <laughs> that's a little more <laughs> harder to talk about. All yes. right, let's do
1: it. Yes, it is. But that does bring us to the end of the show. Some people may say we this show sunk. Some people may say the show was went swimmingly. But we don't care what you end. rank this us. Is, <laughs> yes, this is the end of this edition of the Voice Land. It is so good to be back with you guys. Look forward to being back in studio with you. Yeah, we'll, we might uh, we'll have a
0: gift up... waiting for here for you, Kevin.
1: Uh, well, we uh, we appreciate that. I know we. You guys don't have to. That's more so what I want. to oh, say. Oh, no, we so, had so. to. Yeah, OK. <laughs> <laughs> no. Peter that's nice, that's a nice teaser. Yeah, I'm all right. Well, that puts me in a different mindset with it. But I'm not I'm also not going to argue that because we're over time and it's time for me to go help be a parent right now. So with that being said, for always positive, Jay, for our producer, Peter Tellup, for my wife, Jana and my son, Lincoln, off to the side here. I'm Kevin, reminding all of you, don't let anyone ever tell you it's just a game. We truly love you all, 3,000.
0: Don't talk about it. Be about it.
1: And live life. All gas, no breaks. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time right here on The Voice Land on the Big Play Network.